Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker, this is Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2. Hey, listen, it's Talk Wrestling from TalkSport 2, and what a bumper show we've got coming up for you today, because uh, the WWE has been back in the UK. We had the touring shows in, in Manchester and down here in London, and so we've got chats with no less than Grayson Waller, one of our favourites from WrestleMania this year, uh, Bobby Lashley, the absolute icon, and... The man getting the push right now, going on to face Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. L.A. Knight joins the show as well. All three of them speaking with our very own Kwaku Afari. So all three of those interviews coming up, and we'll talk some Crown Jewel as well. This is Talk Wrestling from TalkSport on your Fight Night feed with WWE 2K23. Uh, John Jackson, Will Gavin with you, John. Uh, another one of these occasions, we talk about this, we talked about this with uh, uh, Money in the Bank when you were unable to attend London. Another one of these occasions where we had some fantastic interviews, including LA Knight, and sadly neither you nor I are able to go. And then Kwaku, who if you've not seen on Sky Sports on TalkSport, absolutely sensational reporter. Uh, he'll probably be doing more with us going forward. He's who actually joined me at Money in the Bank this year uh went and did a better job than i think we ever would have done in their three brilliant interviews so we've got those coming up for people yeah embarrassing isn't it really and actually it's such a bumper edition will the best thing about that means there's less of us because we've got you know legit big names rather than just big blokes (laughs) there we go there we go uh look we'll have those interviews coming up for you (laughs) shortly uh here on talk wrestling Uh, i think the kind of big thing we need to uh, address at this point. Uh, John Cena finally fully returning uh, to the ring after we saw his return at... Um, it's kind of this this staggered return through Money in the Bank and then special guest referee. We had him and LA Knight going up against Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. Uh, you know, another defeat for the bloodline and continuing to, to tear them apart back at fast lane. And now we go to Crown Jewel. And we get set up at Crown Jewel with Roman Reigns going up against LA Knight in the main event. We'll be hearing from Knight shortly. Any chance, any chance at all here that we think that there's some, that, that LA Knight can do something? Because I've got to say, I've been loving the way they're teeing this up. I've been loving the way they've been building to this. The LA Knight coming out during Roman Reigns' entrance and just walking straight past him and not paying him the respect and not acknowledging him was just a moment of pure genius. Now they've not done that yet so far is is astonishing, but I still can't let myself get too high on the on the idea it's it's gonna be fully 
Yeah, you know, they're going to fully embrace LA Knight as a champion yet. Yeah, I would love to know who came up with that, whether that was an LA Knight thing or, you know, Triple H or someone else behind the scenes. But that, that ignoring the tribal chief was a, a great moment. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think anyone really thinks it's going to happen. But I think you just have to look at who they're putting LA Knight in the ring with. And you can see that they are taking him seriously. In previous years, let's again refer back to WrestleMania in New Orleans, Rusev. Rusev was so over, you know, we were queuing to get in, queuing to get into bars, walking around the town. People were chanting about Rusev. Rusev never really got that push. And I think everyone was a bit annoyed because he really, you know, he, he, deser- he was deserving of it. Whether or not he wins LA at night, this is, whether or not he wins, which he probably won't, or, you know, when he does eventually win a title, whatever, they're putting him in the ring with the hottest story at the moment, the bloodline. John Cena's come back. John Cena's in his corner. Him and John Cena are hanging out. You know, if you look at who they're putting him in the ring with and you know that they're taking him seriously. And I think that's good because, yes, I know Vince McMahon's been famous over the years for not giving the fans what they want on every occasion or probably most occasions, really. Maybe we're seeing a, a sort of change now and, you know, the fan power is just stronger than ever. So we are going to get to see the hot superstars wrestling the other hot superstars and hopefully you know if he doesn't win the title which he won't you know we can see him go on to do some other cool stuff because i think when i spoke to him you know a few months ago he wasn't sure how it was going to go but he was going to give it his all and you can't say that he hasn't just been giving it his all and just completely running with it the opportunity and seeing how far we can go he said you know he he's got the football he start he's going to be running with it and he's he's definitely running with it. One thing I've got to say from Fastlane is I've actually been playing. Now, John Cena has come back. Obviously, one of the big moments in, in the WWE game, WWE uh, 2K23, is that you can play John Cena's career. And that was you know, the big talking point, the big selling point uh, when it came out. And we talked about this a lot in uh, one of our sort of first episodes. It's, it's, it's worth saying you get to beat him a lot, which is great. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is the thing, isn't it? This And this is what I was going to say is we played this a lot around WrestleMania. I've revisited this because I've got a lot better on the game, I have to say, Will. I mean, I'm still not ready to, to play you, although I'm pretty sure when we did the previews when the game first came out, I did thrash you every single time. However, um, going back and revisiting John Cena's career again and, and I'm playing it through again, it was it was really good. And if you listen to these episodes and uh, enjoyed the content we put out around WrestleMania with 2K23, we were playing the John Cena showcase mode quite a lot. And actually, I've been getting a lot better at the game. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go back because you, you have to beat John Cena, which we we really loved at the time. But, you know, I've, I've, I've been improving as a player. And actually, I found it really easy. And I think one of the good things about WWE 2K23 is that you can pick it up. You can actually learn each wrestler's moveset really easily. And it's it's kind of like there's been so many tweaks and the actual playability of it. You can pick it up, you can play it for 20 minutes, you can put it down. You don't feel like you have to go and learn loads of stuff. You know, you don't have to... I remember back in the day on wrestling games, I'd have to go and look at the moves for each wrestler you get and kind of learn them or whatever. No, with this, it's really, really, uh, really sort of enjoyable to play. So I went back and, and played some John Cena uh, showcase mode because he's back and you kind of remember just how many massive matches John Cena's had and just what a legacy that, you know, he's got behind him. And to see him back in the ring, I think we should all be grateful because it's not going to last much longer. He's kind of dropped a few hints that, you know, his career is kind of like The Rock. You know, his career in, in film is 
is really taken over and that's great and it's the next step for him but you know insurance and things like that come into these things and i'm sure he'd wrestle as much as he physically could but you know when you've got big films relying on you being there as the star it means you can't so we're very lucky to have him back at the moment and you know i would love to see in a future wwe 2k game that uh, you know if he's if this is sort of little this little run he's doing now you could put that in as a, a sort of extension of the showcase mode and, and sort of have him team up, team up with LA Knight. And I guess it would make sense that in that respect, the bloodline that you would be playing as, you'd have to kick LA Knight and John Cena's butt. So, I mean, what more did you need, Will? Yeah, that sounds perfect, right? <laughs> I, 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 I'm enjoying the, the kind of John Cena return. I think that he probably loses to Solo because... After the tag team win, it was easy to do that. And Jimmy doesn't necessarily need protecting and kind of can be the full guy. But I still think they are trying to as much as possible protect um, uh, Solo Sokoa. And so I think it's the way to give Solo that big kind of headline win, right? That kind of what better than beating one of the greatest of all time in, in John Cena. And so uh, I, I feel like that's the direction they're going to end up going with with this. Um, I, I'm intrigued to see, like you say, where, where kind of Cena goes from that. And, and I look down the rest of the card. I think coming back to the Roman Reigns stuff just very quickly, and because we're going to hear from LA Knight momentarily, but I, I think what I am intrigued as to what WWE are doing here, because there's still rumors of The Rock coming back and there's still rumors of him doing Philly after not doing Hollywood and everything else. I'm still struggling to figure out exactly how they're teeing this up because I feel like having beat LA Knight, and having him be on TV less and having him become less and less likable on TV, as much as I know people, he's over with the kind of people who who will cheer for heels because they are brilliant wrestlers and, and telling great stories, etc. I feel like, I, I'm really starting to feel like this is finally starting to tee up for him to drop the title at Mania next year. It's almost like they felt like it was... A year too soon? A year sounds mental for something to be too soon. But if you can really turn him into somebody that people dislike, that people are there, like, they don't care that you that you hate the direction they're going in with Roman Reigns here. They don't care that you're getting bored of him. They don't care that you hate him as long as they get that big payoff moment in their biggest moment of the year, which is their biggest cross-media moment of the year, which is everything else. So it's almost like they are telling the long-term story but just in a way that fans are getting frustrated with but they're fine with that frustration does that make sense it does make sense and i guess also you're probably going to see roman reigns have everyone in the bloodline turn on him and eventually he becomes the the super face that everyone well that they wanted him to be originally and i think you know when roman reigns was hated when he was not meant to be hated lots of people were saying he needs to have a good heel run and actually they've done a fantastic job of of having him with that heel run and he comes out of it in in what a year and a half two years as being really popular because people feel bad for him in some way and i guess as you say when you, you bring it back around to protecting solo sokoa uh you have to kind of have him in the background as, as someone who could potentially be the last person from the bloodline to turn on him and yeah, you need to you need to present him as being strong. You would imagine that Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa could be a, a kind of matchup going forward into the future. Whether Paul Heyman wants to continue being on screen, you know, because I know he has a lot of responsibilities elsewhere. But you know, what a great character he's been, and what a great mouthpiece he is for 
wrestlers who don't particularly talk much like Sirlis Okoa. So yeah, it's interesting to see what happens with, with Roman Reigns down the line. And, you know, there's lots more to come from the Bloodline story, we're told. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, we haven't actually mentioned the big return at Fastlane. And that is, of course, the man famous for eating uh, fruit incredibly badly. It is Carlito. Are you hot on Carlito? Because I think he looks great. He doesn't look much different to when he was back in WWE, what, you know, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. I was never a big Carlito guy, right? But I enjoyed the stuff that he did in Puerto Rico. And I enjoy, I think the LWO storyline and stuff is really interesting. And actually, I don't hate kind of the way they've told the Rey Mysterio story. And I guess they're eventually building up for Santos Escobar uh, and Rey to face off in in either in like a face-v-face match or turn one of them. I, I, I'm I not been quiet at all about how Santos Escobar is absolutely uh, a, a top-tier guy for me in the future. I'm I'm a huge fan of his and, and can't wait for the long term, hopefully for him to get a real opportunity because I think he's a brilliant wrestler. I think he's a brilliant... I think he's a, a, a great talker as much as people don't want to kind of... I don't know, as, as much as I, I think people don't want to, uh, sometimes the Americans don't want to engage in great talkers if they're not, you know, <laughs> classic American great talkers. I think he's he's been really great. And so I'm interest, interested and excited to see what they do with that. Um, I think that's why I think I, I got a feeling that Logan Paul wins the US title as much as we talked about how difficult it will be. I think earlier in the year we talked about the idea of having him as a, as a money in the bank winner and how difficult that'll be as a as a less permanent fixture i think when you've got gunter dominating so much on one side and when you've got the tag titles being properly defended i don't hate the u.s title becoming a little bit more part-time with logan paul so i think they continue to tell that story that way <laughs> carlito i can take or leave he's nice to have there as, as a bit of kind of window dressing i'm not expecting him to come back and have a load of matches but he's he's fun and he's a character and yeah no necessarily complaints about that at yeah. all. If you ever used to watch wrestling on uh, Channel 4 when it was heat, uh, that's probably why I've got such an affinity to Carlito because we didn't have any of the uh, premium streaming channels, or I guess I wouldn't have been able to satellite channels back then. So I had to just, you know, get my fix by watching uh, heat on a Sunday on uh, Channel 4. So that's probably why I have, you know, such a, such a connection with Carlito. And I agree with your Logan Paul. You just have to look at Logan Paul and, you know, everything he, he, does gets attention so him having the title would would elevate it and probably you know promote the title to you know to uh, new audiences and he'll make it look cool i know i know he might not be seen as cool by all circles but a lot of people think he's cool he's got a lot of followers you know him him with his prime and his and his title strutting around turning up to events and whatever and doing his crossover stuff it can't be a bad thing so yeah i think you're probably right there he's Probably uh, probably worth him beating Rey Mysterio for the title. Right, you're listening to Talk Wrestling from TalkSport on your Fight Night podcast feed. Don't forget to give us as much love as you possibly can in that area. We'd love to keep hearing from you and we'd love to see those reviews and ratings coming in. Um, so, yeah, uh, want to hear more from you. Keep it coming, please. Uh, you're listening to Talk Wrestling, though, and so let's talk some more wrestling with a few guests as the WWE was back over in the UK putting on a brilliant tour, as they have done so often uh, to these shores to bring wrestling uh, to the fans. And so right now, let's hear Kwaku Afari, Afari in, sorry, let's hear Kwaku Afari in conversation uh, with LA Knight coming up. 
Uh, Bobby Lashley coming up. But first of all, Grayson Waller here on Talk Sports Talk Wrestling. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here with Grayson Waller ahead of Sunday Stunner. Proud Australian, staunchly proud Australian, wearing, wearing the gear. What, what, what gear is that? This is, this is, this is cricket. The World Cup's on at the moment. England yeah. doing very well. They're, they're in 10th at the moment. There's only 10 teams, but that's okay. They're trying their hardest. That's the English way, right? <laughs> that is the English way. What's it like being in England? Do you like in the, the environment, the views? It's, it's, to be honest, it's terrible. I can't stand this place. As you can see, it's gloomy. That kind of represents the people, represents the place. But I'm glad you wore your mum's best jeans for this interview. That's so nice of you. I appreciate that. I don't think you could talk about jeans right now. We've been in a fight or something, in a scrap. Why are there so many holes in your jeans? Uh, no, these are actually your girlfriend's jeans. Yeah. She let me borrow them. So that's very nice of her too. All right, we're starting off like this then. I want to ask you about Taylor Swift. You can't keep her name out of your mouth. What's the deal? Look, uh, I'm moving on. On, on from that situation in my life, I've given her enough attention, you know, she, she needed it desperately. But what I think we get out of it is if you look at the views on some of those videos that uh, Grayson Waller talking to his phone for 90 seconds in a hotel room has more value than any wrestler alive getting 90 minutes on TV, you know. That's the kind of things I do. I can go viral however I need to do it, um, but we're, we're moving on from uh, that particular feud. Before we do move on, it's a, bit cheap. it's a bit cheap from you calling out her boyfriend to fight at WrestleMania. He's an NFL player. He's not a wrestler. Exactly. Hey, you said the quiet part out loud. He's a football player, not a wrestler. And I know there's been some football players involved. Like the PC is full of, of football players now. Um, but, you know, I know I, I got to meet his brother Jason earlier in the year. You know, Jason's a Philadelphia Eagles player. That's where we're having WrestleMania. I'm just putting feelers out there, you know. I think Grayson Waller is going to make his WrestleMania debut. It has to be something big. And no one's talking about more someone more than Travis Kelsey right now. So, you know, you, sometimes you've got to go for the big dogs. It sounds like you're riding the wave. Sounds like you're riding the wave. Moving on okay. swiftly. Okay. WWE returns to Australia, makes its much anticipated return to Australia in February, in Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. What, what's your feelings in terms of being able to compete on home turf for the first time in a long time? 
this is like legit the dream. You know, I, I was an independent wrestler in Australia. So obviously I've, I've wrestled in front of five people at a market show. I've wrestled in front of 10 people in some random pub. Like I've done all those type of shows. And our dream was always to, to be on like a WWE show in Australia. And now that it's there, it's in Perth. It's in a huge arena. We're looking at forty to 50,000 people. That's wild. And it makes me proud. You know, the last time I was in London... I stood across from John Cena and that flop wanted WrestleMania in London, if you remember correctly. And I wanted WrestleMania in Australia. And looking back now, it seems that premium live events announced in London, how many right now? You tell me. Zero. Premium live events announced in Australia right now, one. That means Grayson Waller one, John Cena zero. And I, I, hey, that's going to keep happening because I'm going I'm I'm to be winning in Australia too. Why is it always a competition? You're t- you called out one of the ghosts. This is John Cena, mm-hmm. a, a person who a lot of people consider the greatest of all time. Yeah. Have you got a, a real beef with John Cena or is it just fight and talk? Isn't it nice that you can just like tell the announcers, hey, do you guys mind calling me the greatest of all time when I come out? <laughs> like I could do that too if I needed to, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a humble guy. I don't, I don't want people saying those kind of things about me. But, uh, you know, me and John have had our personal issues. I think people have seen that. But uh, I think that's more just because I'm not going to fall in line. Uh, I think a lot of wrestlers now are more like fans, if that makes sense. You know, when they get to come up to the main roster or in NXT, they get to meet John Cena like Carmelo Hayes recently. Oh, man, he was a fanboy. He's coming out there. He wants to do the John Cena word life and all these things. And it's like, are you you? Or are you a fan? And sometimes you can't tell the difference. So for me, I'm, I was a fan of John Cena, but now I'm on his level. And, and I think the best way to show him respect is to go at him because he ain't passing the torch. He needs someone to take it. And that's my job. I like those words. I like those words. You describe yourself as a humble man. There's a, yes. there's a lot of words I used to describe you. Humble is not one of them. What Somebody. Do what do you use then? Okay. You wanna, you wanna, uh, right here, there's the camera. What do you want to call me? It's a, it's a very tight top. Big. Yeah. Big guy. Huh? Exactly Tanned. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Talented. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, you changed up the energy real quick when I... <laughs> Talkative. Talkative, yeah. Uh, see, this is great though. You know, banter is one of my favorite words. And in America, banter doesn't exist. Americans have no level of banter. So it's nice to actually have a little bit here, you know? Of course, of course. There's a bit of back and forth. Yeah. Somebody that you are on the same page with, I was supposed to talk to him today, I don't know why he's gone missing... Austin Theory, yeah. you and him have a synergy. Mm-hmm. You and him are, are getting on very, very well. Yeah. One of the hottest tag teams in the, uh, in the WWE yeah. right now. What is it that makes your, your partnership so, so engaging and why are fans taken to it so much? Well, I think we, we, me and Austin, I think we've always had comparisons because we are kind of similar. You know, we're both good looking dudes, in good shape, extremely humble, uh, those type of things. But we're also the kind of guys who aren't going to take a step back. We know our, our, our value and we don't care who's across from us. You look at who Austin's been in the ring. Like he beat John Cena this year. He was in the ring with The Rock this year. You look at all the legends he's been in there with. And I'm kind of doing the same thing. You know, this year I was in there with Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. I was in there with Edge. Uh, I'm in... They were John Cena too. Like we're in there with all these guys and we don't take a backward step and that's kind of our energy. And, and people may think it's disrespectful and some of the things we say are disrespectful, but it's for a reason. It's because we want to be the best. We want to be considered up there with the best. And, and I think the best way to do that and to actually show respect to these legends is go at them like they went at people in the past. Like you think of John Cena when he came up, was he sitting there being respectful? Hustle, hustle loyalty, respect, all that stuff came later when he was established. When he came in, he went at every single legend straight away and, and, and we're kind of taking that energy and I think that's why some of these guys get upset at me and Austin because they're seeing themselves 20 years ago now and, and they're realising what it's like to deal with that. Finally, I'm being told I've got to wrap up, but finally, I want to hear the game plan. What does the next year look like for Grayson Waller? You know, right now, A-Town Down Under, we're having a lot of fun. You know, we're, we're undefeated um, in, in non-title matches, which is a huge achievement. So we're having a lot of fun there. And there's a lot of people on SmackDown that are like, I want to get in there with as a tag team. But uh, right now, all my views are uh, to Elimination Chamber in Australia. Like, I, I don't like to get too far ahead of myself, but all my energy, all my work is going to that show. Like, for me, that is WrestleMania. 
as incredible it is in the dream of being at a WrestleMania it is so huge, being in a similar event in my home country in Australia means the world to me. My friends, my family, everyone's going to be there. So like the next six months leading up to that show is me putting in all the effort that exists and thinking every day about whatever's going to happen on that show. Love it. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. I'm here with Bobby Lashley, ahead of Sunday Stunner later on tonight. Bobby, I want to ask you a question about how you got into the industry. Um, I listened to Kurt Angle on this podcast. He was talking about how he encouraged you to get into professional wrestling, obviously making the transition from amateur wrestling. Can you talk about how you got into professional wrestling, please? Well, I was at the Olympic Training Center at the time, and I was training. And Kurt came over with the WWE, and he was doing a vignette for a matchup that he had. And he saw me running around with the group and training and everything. And, and he was like, man, you got, and he pulled me off to the side. He was like, man, you got a good look. Um, he said, you ever think about doing professional wrestling? And I was a big fan of Kurt, so I was trying to hold it in. I was like, ah. <laughs> and, I, and I was a big fan of professional wrestling. But that was always a stigma between the two. Like amateur wrestlers always saw, like a, had a little grief with, with professional wrestling um, to a certain extent. But when Kurt came down, he started talking to me. He said, you know what? If you would have done everything that you did in, in wrestling, if you would have did that in football or baseball or basketball, you'd be a multi, multi-millionaire. He said, professional wrestling is our pro sport. And he started talking to me about it. And I was like, okay, you know, that's something. And, and then, for, you know, he passed my number on to Briscoe. Briscoe called me. And then there was a series of events that happened. And... And I came, and from there, I just I fell in love with wrestling, with pro wrestling as an actual pro wrestler. I never saw that as a, as a possibility because the places that I was around, we didn't have like independence. I lived in Germany for a while, and then I was in Kansas, and I never knew any like independent professional wrestling. All I knew was a big time, so I didn't know if there was a transition or how they even got there. So when I met Kurt, Kurt was one that opened up all those doors for me. Amazing. Um, I want to talk about current WWE. We're in the era of factions right now. Yeah. Bloodline, Judgment Day. Obviously, you're spearheading the alliance with you guys and the Street Profits. Let's talk about it. Talk, let's talk about it. How how do you think you guys will compare to those established factions already? And do you think you'll get to a point where you guys will surpass what Judgment Day and Bloodline are doing? I just think if you if you look at it like this, if you look at it just across the board, just the sheer ability. I put my resume, my accolades against anyone. So Montez, same with Dawkins. These two, like I'm the small guy in the group. You know, <laughs> these guys are six four, six five, two hundred and thirty pounds, then two hundred and sixty pounds. Extremely athletic, extremely charismatic. They have every tool needed to be at that highest place in wrestling. And then who do we got to beat? We got to beat Finn and and Damian Priest. Or are we going to beat Kevin and Sammy? Or are we going to beat any one of these tag teams? I don't see that as being a problem. I mean, the only thing they can hold us back is is the powers that be. Because if they give us a free reign to do whatever we want, I don't think there's a team that can beat us. Look, I know there's a big faction here um, with Gunther and his group. You know, he's been holding that title forever, and nobody seems to be able to beat him. We haven't even touched those guys. We go over there, we can run those guys like that. We'll take the title off of Gunther, and his, and his boys will get beat down by my guys. If we wanted the tag team titles, let's be real. <laughs> I always tell people when I go to different arenas, I say, you go out there and you tell me one person that can beat me. You watch them come out back to back to back. You can cheer for them 
And I understand that everybody has their fan favorites. They want to cheer. They want to sing songs and everything like that. But let's be real. You know, if you go over to the UFC, you go over to boxing, you go over to the best person wins. So the same thing happens here. We are the best. Like right now, you put the three of us together, nobody can stop us. And there are some people that we're looking to add on to that group just to kind of make that group a little more fun. Um, and you'll see that within the next few weeks. But we have some other people that we're going to kind of piece together in there. And once we do, I mean, that team is going to be so strong that I don't think anybody can beat us. Really quickly, you're a WWE legend yourself. I want to play WWE Legends Word Association. I'm going to read out some names. And you tell me the first word that comes to mind. Okay. Cool. The Undertaker. Iconic. Triple H. Uh, the Game. John Cena. I mean. He's, he's WWE. Ric Flair. <laughs> I mean, the person that came to mind was, woo! <laughs> of course, Rick. But charismatic. The Rock? Super charismatic. <laughs> I get two words for that one. Um, game changer. Stone Cold. Now, you said one word or I get, like, one one word. Um, tough and finally Bobby Lashley this is, I gotta think of a very very powerful word here like hugely powerful um, let's just keep it at powerful perfect thank you very much Bobby appreciate that Thank you, man. Firstly, I want to start off by saying thank you for doing this, oh, Mr. Well, LA Knight. You say you just got off the plane, you've been in England for five hours, and you're doing a lot of interviews. Yeah. Uh, what, we're on uh, interview number 38 at this point, and uh, no, I'm lying, but, uh, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're a few deep, and uh, yeah, I've, I've literally been on the ground for maybe five hours, something like that at this point. Tried much English food so far? Um, do, uh, do do wings and, and steak count? Because I, I don't know if that counts. That's Although, pretty international. Well, hold on. It was a British sirloin. There we go. I think we're checking boxes. <laughs> um, obviously, you've been to UK before. What's yeah. it like being here and performing in front of the UK fans? Uh, I'll let you know tonight. Next question. <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, no, no. It's cool. Because uh, uh, we don't get to come here a lot. We don't get to come here all the time. So you, you get a very rowdy... Uh, very passionate fan base. So, so w anytime you come into that kind of a setting, it is going to be a good time. You were here for Money in the Bank. Explain what that atmosphere was like. I was there myself. Uh, it was incredible. You obviously got the biggest pop, but as you have been doing in recent years because of the, the character you developed, explain what it's like in terms of going into an arena and performing in front of fans that are saying your catchphrases, that are finishing your sentences and just embracing you as a wrestler. Um... I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's a pretty cool thing. At the same time, like, it wasn't anything I was necessarily aiming for or thought that was, uh, it wasn't like, ah, well, you know, if I say this, well, then maybe they'll just start saying it with me. It's just kind of something that started happening. Uh, and at that point, it was just like, well, hell, let's run with it. Let's keep doing our thing. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's just me doing me. And so I come in, I show up, I do me, and if the people are with it, cool. And if they're not, well, screw you too, bud. <laughs> it's been a long road for you. In terms of your wrestling career, obviously signed to WWE originally in 2013. Yeah. Within the company for about a year, released and then toured the indie scene. Quit telling my secrets to everybody. <laughs> 
But it's a well-known story, and so it's, it's an inspirational story for up-and-coming wrestlers because yeah. you've come into it into your prime later on in your career. Sure. Can you talk about what you learned on the indie scene when you left the WWE in 2014? Uh, well, I've always been a late bloomer. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't really get my competitive streak, my competitive edge to me, I don't feel like, till I was really like... Maybe later in my teens, maybe uh, 20s, something like that. So it was like once I ventured off and started doing this, um, I, I feel like I picked it up pretty quickly as far as like the actual like physical aspects of it, kind of the psychology of it. And you're always learning. Like, like I mean, even now, I, I don't know. There, you can't know everything. It's like the expansive universe. Like it just keeps expanding. It's infinite. This is the exact same thing. So with that in mind, it's like as good. Easily as I was able to pick things up and I was able to do shows probably within the first three to six months, which at that point where I was was unheard of, um, I was on to something then, but it was like, okay, I didn't know how to actually get what I wanted. Like my, like the very first time I had a an opportunity with WWE was in 2006. Uh, no, you know what? 2004. If you remember the Million Dollar Tough Enough, where yes. I think Pewter won that, we were introduced to The Miz, all that stuff. Um, they chose eight guys for the show. Two alternates. I was one of the two alternates, but they never ended up calling me, never ended up using me or the other guy. Um, and at that point, I was given, you know, cards for important people and stuff like that. And guess what I did? Not a damn thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't call anybody. I didn't email anybody because I was just, I looked at this card and I said, well, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm 21, 22. I don't know how to conduct business. I don't know how to like handle stuff like that. What am I going to call them up and be like, I want a job? Yes, you idiot. That's what you should have done. But I didn't. Uh, and so for years and years, I just kind of like hoped I would be able to float around enough to where people would just see me and be like, oh, we should bring him in. Uh, until finally, you know, I, I, I got a little little bit of a brain to me, I don't know, and, and, and maybe a little bit of a tingle in my loins, shall we say, enough to like step up and just be like, hey guys, how do I get a job? And, and we were able to work that, and eventually 10 years into the business, I felt like I was doing really well there in 2013. I felt like nobody could touch me. They brought me in, we did the thing, and uh, things didn't quite go as planned, but it, they made it very clear it wasn't a talent issue. There was a, uh, a head-butting issue uh, for me and... Staff members will say. <laughs> and in terms of that personal issue, obviously you're probably like one of the senior voices now in the locker room. Um, how do you embrace that challenge of being one of these wrestlers that a lot of people in the roster are looking up to? Uh, man, you know, I never really looked at it that way. Um, I'm sure that probably, well, maybe that is the case. Maybe it's not. I, I don't know. Uh, for me, it's just kind of like the, the locker room is so cool, so chill. Uh, everybody's great at the in the in the degree as far as everybody just kind of doing their own thing no there's not like a lot of uh, what am i trying to say there's not like a lot of uh egos yes there's not like a lot of drama and stuff like that and if there is everybody's doing a good job of kind of keeping it low uh because it seems like everybody's kind of cool and simpatico back there um so <sighs> I, I, everybody kind of, I guess, is respectful and gives respect to what I'm, but, but I haven't noticed anything where it's like, oh, hey, you know, this is like the senior guy or whatever. And, and nobody really tries to take that, that position either anyway. Um, you said, cool, it's a patico. I'm going to bring something up that's a little bit. Mm. I'm really sorry because you have a full bloody heart Oh, stop. okay, cool. Can we do one more? Is that okay? Yep. Yeah, sure. Is that okay? Cool. Here I am. I'm being long-winded. Uh, that's not up. Okay, last one. Thank you. Um... You've been compared favorably to a lot of wrestlers, Stone Cold, The Rock, for your style. And this is a question you and, get and a lot. Unfavorably, and, and unfavorably. I'm not going to mention any names, Kevin Nash. But 
there's a lot there's a lot of characters or wrestlers in the past that I think that you pull from. You talked about Ric Flair, you talked about Jake the Snake. Can you tell me who your biggest influence has been in terms of in terms of wrestling and the, the people that have helped develop you into the wrestler that you are today? Well, I tell you what, I'll go ahead and give credit where credit's due right to the beginning. Uh, Les Thatcher was my original trainer. Cody Hawk, also underneath him, was my original trainer. Um, uh, between those two guys, I mean, they helped build the foundation that, that you see in front of you now. Uh, but as far as actual, like, you know, you know, things that I watched and, and, and uh, kind of wanted to take from and things like that, I mean, there's a whole myriad of stuff in there. But if you're talking just wrestling, yeah, obviously, Austin Rock, Flair, even a little bit of Pillman, there's some Hogan, there's some Jake the Snake, there's some Piper, there's all that stuff because look man this building building this business very much recycles itself i mean is is hogan was hogan ripping off uh superstar billy graham was he ripping off dusty rose do you think or did he just kind of take little influences and plug them in did nature boy rick flair did he rip off nature boy buddy rogers or was he just kind of taking influence i don't know but these are the questions that you kind of ask when you look back at the history and then you look at me and you say, well, what's really happening there? I don't know. Great way to end it. Thank you very much, LA Knight. Yes, indeed. Thank I'm you. the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Talk Sports WWE coverage brought to you by WWE 2K23. Grayson Waller, Bobby Lashley, and LA Knight for you. Talk wrestling from Talk Sport. John, I'm going to wrap it there. I'm just going to take it to the straight out. Any final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts are, have you had enough of me? Because you, you've wrapped me very quickly there. But no, I don't have any final <laughs> thoughts. Well, um, I'm very much looking forward to, to what's what's coming up. I, I, you know, with Survivor Series after coming up after Crown Jewel, I think it could be interesting to see if we set a few things up there. And, you know, rumours aren't there that Survivor Series will be War Games, which, uh, which I saw... I can't remember when I saw it, but a few years back in LA, and uh, it was fantastic. So if that happens, that'll be great. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm pretty happy where, where things are in the world of wrestling at the moment. Wonderful stuff. Uh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Of course, we'll do some kind of review of Crown Jewel. We'll have more great interviews coming up before the end of the year as well. So uh, yeah, keep in touch. Keep listening. Keep your ratings and reviews coming in. No, I've not got sick of you, John Jackson. Not yet, at least. Don't worry. Uh, this has been Talk Wrestling from Talk Sport on your finite feed. Oh, I finally thought of my final thought, Will. That is, if like me, you are a big fan of John Cena, just go back and play that showcase mode on WWE 2K23 because I had so much fun just spending my whole afternoon just playing this mode, kicking John Cena's bum. I'm not going to tell you too much about it, but in some of the cutscenes as well, it kind of just tells John Cena's story. So when you're not actually resting on the game, it's a really, really well put together kind of story and it takes you on a journey. And if you're excited to see John Cena back at the moment, you'll get even more excited when you relive some of his best bits on WWE 2K23. That's my final thought. Well, I know you've done all this, all the stuff at the end of the podcast. So I think this is now the end of the podcast. 